NFL regular season in the books. The wild card weekend approaches, Joe, and it's finally time to separate the contenders from the pretenders. I love, absolutely love that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are not in this discussion. Failed to make the playoffs because the Detroit Lions ruined their night and ruined their postseason plans. I loved it. There were a lot of people, Jim Nance included, like during the game last week, just slobbering over the Packers and Aaron Rodgers on air. And I'm sitting here going, you are such a prisoner of the moment, sir. If you just look at the teams that the Packers played down the stretch, trash one, trash two, trash three, and there was like one good win snuck in there. Yeah. So, yes, I'm ecstatic that the Lions took care of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not looking forward next week when Tom Brady loses to the Cowboys. I'm not looking forward to an offseason of Where's Aaron Rodgers going to go? Where's Tom Brady going to go? At this point, I don't care about either one of those Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I don't. I'm much more interested in Josh Allen. I'm much more interested in Joe Burrow. I'm much more interested in Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I'm much more interested in who could possibly win the NFC. And is it going to be Brock Purdy? Is it going to be the the San Francisco 49ers with their replacement-level rookie quarterback? Yeah. So about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, I think that both those quarterbacks burned so much of the media goodwill that they had. Because remember, Aaron Rodgers was kind of like this thinking man's QB. What you come to find out... Over Eccentric the, philosopher. Sure. What you, come, what you come to find out this this past offseason and how things played out this season, uh, all credit in the world to Drew McGarry in the San Francisco Chronicle described him as a walking substack newsletter. And I, I could not think of a better descriptor of Aaron Rodgers. You think you're deep, but you're not that deep, dude. Regardless. So I don't think that people are necessarily necessarily going to engage on the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I don't think Tom Brady's season comes to a close on Monday night, though. Maybe I'm being caught in the prisoner of the moment here when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's not so much my thought about the Bucs being a good Super Bowl contending team. They're not. But you telling me that the defense still doesn't have a little something in the tank? It's not Super Bowl caliber. But they can't take advantage of Dak Prescott, who's thrown 15 interceptions in, what, 12 games this season. That this Dallas team, as good as they are defensively, is mistake-prone offensively. That the Buccaneers can't make that a slog. And wouldn't it be something on a Monday night, Joe, where Tom Brady gets that, like, one little final glimmer of Tom Brady-ness with a two-minute drive, right? Perfect scenario for the Cowboys. They played poorly against Washington. Obviously, their focus was not on that game. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Prescott needs to clean up his turnovers. That's fine. But you want everybody bad-mouthing you going into the playoffs. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. And you want what what you just said about Tom Brady, Terry Bradshaw is going to say. <laughs> All of the Sharp brothers are going to say. All of the Hasselbeck yeah. brothers are going to say. You, Dan Orlovsky is going to be out there telling you, you don't want to play Tom Brady. He, the old gunslinger's got one more bullet in him. Blah, 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 guilty of You want to hear something funny? Yeah. I was just about to tell you, this is this is going to bring this whole segment full circle. I was just about to tell you, Dennis will back me up. Tampa Bay is good enough to beat bad or average teams. Yeah. That's who they are. As we saw with the Panthers the week so before. So let's look. Let's look. And I want you to stop me when we get to Tampa's good win, okay? Okay. Because they went 8-9 and nine this season. Congratulations to me. The only One of the only season totals I actually hit. Mm-hmm. Here are the wins. You ready? The Panthers? No. The Cardinals? No. The Saints? No. The Seahawks? 
It's a playoff team. It's a playoff team. It's my contender. Okay. The Rams. And no. The Falcons. No. The Saints. No. <laughs> the Cowboys. <laughs> there we go. They beat the Cowboys in week one. There we that go. That was basically the, the extent of their season. They beat the Cowboys. And they beat Seattle both. Uh, well, the Cowboys game was in Dallas. This game was the Seattle game was at home. Yeah. Every game they played was six points, three points, overtime, one point. Like the 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 Buccaneers don't have a good coach. Yes, they have a Hall of Fame quarterback, mm-hmm. and he is the best to ever do it. He mm-hmm. is the most accomplished quarterback in the history of the league, no doubt. They're not winning that football game. I think they have one in them. Although, to your point, after what just happened with the Cowboys and the Washington Football Team, or whatever they're called right now. There's a separate conversation about Sam Howell's performance in that game. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, did say this as it relates to how things are going to go the rest of the week. We get to suck on that all week. And uh, if that doesn't make you want to get ready to go in about six, seven days, nothing else will. And that was as uh, uh, thorough a butt-kicking as we've had this year. And uh, uh, we're going to find out if that'll get you ready or not. Yeah, and I'd much rather have a 26-6 loss where where you played awful than get your intestines stomped out in overtime by a point on a kick, whatever. I, give me the give me this exact scenario every single time. Okay. Can I hear that first part again? We get to suck on that all week. Yeah, Jerry's jaw's going to be sore by the end of the week. All right, so um, I'm on board with the Buccaneers shocking the world, which might not be a shock to some people because you just laid out. I already had, I already entered Tom Brady cliche mode. Until he's officially done, I'm not going to count Tom Brady out. He's coming back next year. Where, though? Um, Obviously not Tampa. Not Tampa. Not New England. No. Maybe the— they, I mean, they, Miami would make a lot of sense. The Raiders would make a lot of sense. Not San Francisco because they have got Brock Purdy. Who needs Tom Brady when you got Brock Purdy? If Frisco wins— I mean, it's the same scenario that we've talked about with quarterbacks this whole time. Yeah. Right? Like, if you win the thing with Brock Purdy, why would you invest? No. Particularly when you – I mean, I know uh, Trey Lance's deal is not that big. It's, I know a, you it's a rookie deal, but – I know you speak really, really highly of Kyle Shanahan and what he's able to do offensively, and I think for the most part what they're – Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers has entered into my favorite territory when we talk about quarterbacks. It's something that Steve Logan, former ECU head football coach, would talk to us about all the time on the on the afternoon. Just be an operator, man. And you got two dynamic playmakers that can open things up. I think they don't have a like a like a league historic yards after catch statistic, but they're really really good at that. Because when you have Christian McCaffrey and when you got George Kittle, chances are you're going to get some big plays that break that break off, and they got a really good defense. So I do think that the Seahawks and the Seahawks are kind of like. Making the playoffs was a win in and of oh, itself. Huge. You yep. had the Geno Smith, like, out of nowhere season that cooled off a little bit. But I think between Geno Smith being a heartwarming story, making the playoffs, and Russell Wilson having the year that he had in Denver, what more could you ask for in Seattle, right? So I don't expect them going on. Uh, the other game on Saturday night would be the Chargers and the Jaguars. That's another one of those situations where – I think that Staley, the coach for the Chargers, is a classic overthinker, and it's a little analysis paralysis. And would it shock you if Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars beat the very lemon booty Chargers in the playoffs? I was just going to tell you to pick the coach in that one. Doug Peterson yep. has done amazing work this year with the Jaguars, even after a 3-9 and nine start. So 
three and eight start, excuse me. To Sunday's game, the Bills are going to continue on. The Dolphins are a shell of themselves. Uh, the the Dolphins that were a hell of a lot of fun with Tua Tagovailoa at the beginning of the season are non-existent. Period. Uh, and I do feel like what we saw the the breakthrough game that Naheem Hines, Garner Legend, NC State Pack Pro. Uh, helped break out for the Bills, I think, was the first in the stepping stone. That was an incredibly difficult game for the Bills, given what happened on Monday night and DeMar Hamlin. So to break through the way that they did, I believe that this is what they need. And I think that's the stepping stone. And the and the Dolphins are the perfect team to see on Saturday, given where they are. Also an easy cliche to for follow. Sunday. I would love for the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I would love nothing more. But of course. Now, Naheem Hines is now part of football history. Amazing afternoon, taking the opening kickoff the way that he did, and then adding the second one, which really proved to be the difference in the game. So I would love nothing more than that for the Buffalo Bills and Naheem Hines. Unfortunately, we don't get to pick our own endings. No. It's not how the world works. No, no. The other two games on Sunday include the Giants and the Vikings. Uh, I still am at a loss as to how the Vikings ended the season at 13-4 and four, um, with your favorite point differential stat. And then we got the Ravens and the Bengals. Uh, we don't know the status of Lamar Jackson. There's a there's a deeper conversation there with the quarterback and when exactly he's supposed to be coming back. Uh, John Harbaugh never indicated that he was done for the season, but it's been a few weeks since we've seen Lamar Jackson. And the Bengals are playing their best football at the right time. They're hot again, and they got that Joey Burr swag back. We've all seen it. We've all seen the pictures. So it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens lose and we get into a spiral of offseason speculation with Lamar Jackson and where he might actually land because he's a free agent at the end of this year. The vibes out of Charlotte are pretty good around Steve Wilkes. He was elevated to interim head coach after they fired Matt Rule in week five, and it looks like some of the bigger names that people have been obsessing over this offseason are not in the mix for the Carolina Panthers. We're talking about Jim Harbaugh, who I guess, (laughs) like a salesman, cold-called David Tepper, be like, so... These encyclopedias would really come in handy <laughs> during the end of the semester and for your science project. It's like, I feel bad for the guys when I go to Costco and I'm just trying to get re-upped on some things like milk and whatever, and the guys working the, the wireless carriers, like, hey, 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 who's your wireless carrier? I'm like, man, buddy, I got to get in and out, man. I'm sorry. So that was Jim Harbaugh with David Tepper, apparently. Um, and Sean Payton, I think you and I both agree, the asking price and where Payton could land might be too much uh, for David Tepper. Plus, there's the whole NFC South thing. So th- given the big names off the board, so to speak, it, it makes sense that Steve Wilkes should be the front runner for this job, right? After they just completed a 6-6 six and six run with him as head coach. You know what Matt Rule was never able to do in two full seasons with the Carolina Panthers? get to six wins <laughs> so cool. and he did it with a worse team now i will say if i'm david tepper i am impressed as anybody would be with what steve wilkes did sure however you and i both know people are you a good scrambler mm-hmm. or are you a good planner yeah can you build something is what is your ceiling Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, man, you went out there. We got rid of McCaffrey. We we had a quarterback roulette and you made us competitive in half of our games. Do you know what? Six and six or a 500 record. You can't do it anymore with 17 games. But sure. do you know what that gets you? A whole bag of jack squat. Mm-hmm. So it's better than what Matt Rule did. 
But that can't be the standard. Matt Rule being awful can't be the standard. That doesn't mean Steve Wilkes doesn't deserve a chance. Sure. I would I would sit down. They're sitting down with him today to go through the player exits, right? Mm-hmm. And tomorrow. Then tomorrow they're going to interview him. So I would listen to what he has to say tomorrow. And I, what I want specifically to hear is, who is going to be the person who calls the plays? Do you know this person? Do you trust this person with your livelihood? Mm-hmm. And what do you think we can do at quarterback? Show me the, the four quarterbacks in this class that you like. Show me the ones in the next class coming up next year. Uh, there's one from Charlotte that you might say, hey, you know what? We did a really smart thing this year. We took A.K. Aquano. We're now set at one tackle position. Mm-hmm. You might say, hey, you might not like it, but we might be able to get through next year with one of these quarterbacks on hand or or there's going to be a lot of turnover at quarterback in the NFL this there year. There is, there is. So you could even say, "Hey, we're 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 not in a position to, to fix that this year." But let me tell you, we can. There's a guy. I, there's a guy from Charlotte who might be able to help us a whole lot. No, total agreement with you. Here's Steve Wilkes uh, from one his exit interview today, uh, not elaborating on the interview that's supposed to take place on Tuesday. One thing, David, you you find some consistency with me, and that is is that. Uh, I'm not going to express on anything beyond today uh, and really with the exit meeting with these players as we move, move forward. Um, so uh, I'm just going to keep that private. So there wasn't a lot of elaboration from Wilkes or even Scott Fritterer. That, or, I'm sorry, I was at an extra R there. Scott Fitterer, uh, the GM of the Carolina Panthers, he was asked about what they were looking for, what they were actually looking for in their next head coach. We'll know when we get to that person, but there, there, there are some really good candidates this year. We just have to make sure we keep an open mind going into this, that we're not like just locked in on one guy, two guys, three guys, because that happens to be a tendency. And so we have to keep always reminding ourselves, keep an open mind, give everybody a chance to come in, opportunity to learn. We'll know when the right person's in front of us. That's Scott Fitterer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. He said, keep an open mind. I totally understand where they're coming from on that, but that also applies to keeping an open mind for somebody like Steve Wilkes. Okay, I mean, I definitely wouldn't hire another defensive coordinator, but I, I, if they, if there is someone in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. as we're looking at Miami, and I know what Miami's record was this year, there's some extenuating circumstances there. There are, but when you look at what a Mike McDaniel, who no one had heard of mm-hmm. before the the Dolphins had hired him, like. No one. He didn't even call the plays, by the way, for the 49ers because Kyle Shanahan calls the plays for the 49ers. So what I'm getting at is if you think you have the answer at – if you're Steve Wilkes and say, I can hire Mm -hmm. the next Mike McDaniel and he wants to work for me, awesome. But if you're David Tepper and you know you can hire the next Mike McDaniel, well, guess what? I'm sorry, Steve Wilkes, and it's awesome that you motivated the fan base here and motivated the players. That's cool, but the quarterback position and – the person who calls the plays are the two most important things mm. in football. And even when you might get the quarterback position right, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do anything with that quarterback. Okay, I mean because you can you can well, only I'm one team push, can win every year. I'm going to push back in the Mike McDaniel thing because I don't even know what Mike McDaniel is yet. Okay, all right. Because before the Tua injury, which I think actually was in a weird, I think it's going to sound weird. It's the best thing that could have happened to Mike McDaniel because before the injury, there was some question as to whether or not. Mike McDaniel was going down the, oh, you're the hot shot wonderkin who's got this offensive system that after five, six, seven weeks, we can now understand what you're trying to do. How do you scramble from there? And also with head coach, it gets back to your point. 
you might not hire the Mike McDaniel, but who's to say you can't hire the offensive coordinator that's the next up-and-coming guy that can help change your stuff around, okay? Yeah. And Steve Wilson. I'm just using Mike McDaniel as an example of someone I had well, see, never heard of. And this is where the open mind comes yeah. into play, right? You want to keep an open mind that ideally that means, oh, we're, we're going to think of all these people. But for every example of the unknown guy that might be successful, I can give you an example of an unknown guy who bursts into flames, like hide Nathaniel Hackett. Sure with the Denver Broncos, or these out-of-left-field offensive gurus that you're thinking are going to change the game end up being Cliff Kingsbury, who didn't really do much of anything, and he just got fired today. So when they say open mind, that also means you should keep an open mind for a guy who's been in the league for a long time, and Steve Wilkes, and keep an open mind about his time in Arizona when he was the head coach for a year. You can look at the league and how they handle black coaches where they don't get a chance. Just look at what the Houston Texans have done, where they fired Two black coaches in two years, all right? Cully and then now uh, Lovey Smith. That's an unserious franchise, just in the same way that I could make the point that Arizona is an unserious franchise that I think in their existence, they've never had a coach last longer than six years. They're constantly cycling through people. So this is the question that Dave Tepper has to ask himself. Do you want to be serious or do you want to be unserious? And there's one thing that Steve Wilkes did in this short amount of time that I think has to weigh the conversation. The Carolina Panthers went from a joke to be taken seriously. The Carolina Panthers went from something that you could easily just not pay attention to because Matt Rule was terrible and David Tepper was doing who knows what to Wilkes having your attention, having the players' attention, bringing respectability back to the Carolina Panthers. They look like a serious football franchise again. So maybe we should see what Wilkes can do. To your point about some scramble, some plant. As somebody who's a scrambler, I know exactly where you're coming from. But I would make the argument, we don't know what Wilkes is yet because he hasn't been given the opportunity. Sure. I do think there's more data points to Wilkes that you can point to to say, I believe that he'll be more successful than somebody I've never heard from. So these are just things to take into consideration uh, for the Carolina Panthers going forward. Panthers have the ninth pick in the draft, by the way, and there's at least four teams in front of them yeah. who would, who need a quarterback. So this might not be the year that they draft their franchise quarterback. Don't be surprised if they make another play in free agency. And I know Derek Carr is going to be a hot commodity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, there's going to be a lot of guys out there who you're like, you might kind of give it the old eyebrow raise. Uh, uh, but that might be the situation that they're in again. Tell you this, it ain't going to be Sam Darnold. You want to go with another bridge quarterback? That's fine, but it ain't no. Sam Darnold. It's just know. not. Sam Darnold, it's five turnovers in the last two yeah. games. He had a passer rating of 2.8, which I think was tied for third worst in franchise history. I know that in these the uh, the Tampa Bay game, not all of those turnovers were on Sam Darnold. The interception was and one of the fumbles was. And then, essentially, when you see a coaching staff actively work around their quarterback to yeah. try to win a game, that tells you everything you need to know. We are there. Are going to be way too many options out there. Other, yes. unlike the last two years, there will be a lot of op- options at quarterback.